I might just make one more announcement. Um, I am a retired Christian Reformed pastor. I'm a member of Willoughby here. I also happen to be the stated clerk for Classis British Columbia Southeast. So that's a group of 25 churches, basically south and east of the Fraser River. And we have two meetings a year of this classes, and we typically gather for two days. And we'll be doing it this week in New Life Church in Abbotsford. And that will be our first in-person classes meeting in two years. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, we thought about doing another Zoom one, but there was no patience for that. We have to meet together. So I believe from this church, Pastor Jenna will be there, Larry Van Weeren, and Charlie Dykman. So keep them in your prayers um, as classes meets. Our Tuesday evening session will be a couple of hours we'll spend together just talking through what the last two years have done to us and to our churches. What are the losses we suffered? What are the lessons we learned? And what, what does the path forward look? I mean, some of our churches have been badly damaged by the pandemic. So we really have a chance to share those burdens, to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So keep classes in your prayers. Okay, the theme for the uh, Advent or the uh, Lenten season uh, is sort of the journey to the cross. So we focus on passages that lead us there. And I'm going to be reading a piece from the Gospel of Mark that really kind of introduces the cross into the story of Jesus. Okay, before that point, no one was thinking of a cross and a crucifixion. And at this point, Jesus steps in and informs his disciples that that's where this is leading. So we're going to be reading the last part of um, Mark chapter 8. And I begin at verse 27, and I go to verse 38. Jesus and his disciples went to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say that I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he said? Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. And after three days rise again, he spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, Get behind me, Satan! You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If any wasn't ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Especially verse 34. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. This is the word of God. 
You know, there's an old saying, and you may have heard it before, that every house has its own cross. Now, that sounds like, sort of like a clumsy translation into English, and I believe that it is. I believe it's originally a Dutch saying, because in the Dutch it just has a much better sound. Elk huis heeft zijn kruis. Every house has its own cross. In other words, every house has its own painful burden to bear. Every house has one. There's no house without it. Now, those burdens won't all be the same, of course. I mean, some of them are out there. They're public knowledge. You know, like a disability or like a, a father with dementia or a child with special needs. People know about it. And, and because it's public knowledge, people can, you know, sympathize and offer help and pray. But then other crosses are hidden. And quite likely because the people who carry them want them to stay hidden. Here is a cross that only we know about. And if others knew our dark secret, we would feel embarrassed and ashamed. Friends might avoid us. The church might take action. And, and so we carry this, this cross, this burden, in silence and in secrecy. Not all crosses are the same weight. Um, some of this family has, say, four kids. And they're all healthy, and they're in good jobs, and they're married, and they have children who love to see grandpa and grandma. Now, somewhere in that family, there's going to be a cross, but it doesn't seem like a terribly heavy one. Maybe like a knee that makes a golf game difficult. But then there's another family where it's just one heartache after another. Business failures, a gambling addiction, a marriage that dies, a marriage that survives but is never happy. Not, not all crosses are equal. Now, I think it's fair to say most of us would avoid these crosses. Uh, we don't look for them. And uh, we, we prefer to avoid defeats and problems we can't tell anybody about. So we want life to be interesting. We, we just don't want it to be too interesting. Um, now, what did Bilbo Baggins in, in The Hobbit, what did he say about adventures? Now, think of an adventure as a, as a time that really pushes you to your limit, that really tests you, a time that where, where you are forced to carry, well, let's carry a cross. Well, Bilbo Baggins had no interest in things like that. Adventures, he said, they're nasty, wet things that make you late for dinner. They are, you know, they, they include, you know, long journeys in bad weather to dangerous places. No, Bilbo Baggins wanted nothing to do with adventures. He would much rather be home by a warm fire with a tea kettle whistling on the stove. Well, we might have the same reaction to bearing a cross. We would rather not. 
and um, you know, we'd, 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 if it's forced upon us, yeah, then we will carry it and we'll do our best. But if we can avoid it, we will for sure. And that's why these words of Jesus, they, they do jump out at us. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In other words, if you follow him, you can expect to be burdened. It's part of the deal. This isn't some accident of life. It isn't one of those awful things that happen to sad people who are just plain unlucky in life. No, no. According to Jesus, you will be burdened because that's the way it works when you follow him. Now, our reading today comes pretty much at the halfway point in the Gospel of Mark. Even by chapters. I mean, there's 16 chapters in Mark. This is the end of chapter 8. But it's also a turning point in the story of, of Jesus. Up to this point, he has been impressive. And he's been popular. He made the blind to see and the lame to walk. He healed the leper. He, he once raised the little girl from, from, from her death. He, he could command the wind and the waves. He told a storm once, be still. And the storm became still. He fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And the Jesus' disciples were watching this and they, they began to wonder, wasn't there something in the prophecies about this? About a chosen one that God would send, an anointed one, a Messiah. They had high expectations for this Messiah. So, so did a lot of other people. The Messiah would come and he would set his people free and he would restore the throne of King David, who was the greatest king in their history. And now Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you, you are him. You are the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And he was right. But then we get that turning point. And the shadow of a cross falls across the story. Jesus began to teach them that he would suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law and be killed and after three days rise again. And as the story goes, Peter objected. He objected loudly. He did not like this at all. That stuff about rejection and suffering, you know, it did not fit in his picture of the, the Messiah. The Messiah was supposed to go from strength to strength, from victory to victory. He was supposed to end up sitting on a throne with a crown on his head and a scepter in his hand. Messiahs are not supposed to be rejected. They are not supposed to be suffer, suffer, and they're sure not supposed to be killed. And yet that is what happens. Peter's Messiah would eventually wear a crown, for sure. But it would be a crown of thorns. He would, Peter's Messiah would wear a, a royal robe that it would be just an old blanket the jailers had lying around. 
He would hold a scepter in his hand, but it would be a crooked stick they put in his hand. And those jailers would bow down and pretend to honor the king. And then they would spit in his face. This Messiah would suffer. And why did that happen? Well, again, this was also in the prophecies. The prophet Isaiah famously talked about a man of sorrows who would be familiar with suffering. And why? Well, this is what Isaiah says. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now in this, in this suffering Messiah, we, we, see, we see the love of God. And also his justice. Justice means that wrongs have to be made right. That, that crimes have to be punished. That sin comes with a penalty. And no, God is not going to look the other way. And he's not going to pretend that nothing happened. There is a price to be paid. And yet God also loves his children. He loves the sons and daughters he made in his image and his likeness. And so, in his love, he sends that servant, that Messiah, the Messiah, to stand in our place. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And now, let's hear Jesus' message to his followers. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good is it for anyone if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits their soul? You know, I once read a commentary on this, um, on this saying. And, and it pointed out that bearing the cross is not quite the same as suffering in general. It's, it's not something like cancer or heart disease or business failures or something breaking your heart. You know, th those are painful things for sure and we don't like them to happen. And when we do, we, we want to bring them to God and pray about it and ask for his help. And that's exactly right. Jesus encouraged us to pray and to cast all our cares on him. Now, that's not quite what Jesus is talking about here. You bear the cross. Here you bear the cross because you follow Jesus. You bear the cross because you believe in him and you take him seriously and you want to share in his works of love. And when you do that, you will sometimes experience pain. I mean, let's say that I can follow Jesus without any hard work. With no, with no sacrifice. Let's say that Jesus gives me no cross to bear. 
I can get what I want. I can do what I want. I never have to admit a fault. I never have to ask for forgiveness. I never have to offer forgiveness to someone who hurt me. I can ignore the problems of the world. I mean, the struggles for peace, the care of the earth, you know, hunger in the world. I mean, let, let's say that I can keep my light under a bushel and, and, and my faith in hiding. Let's say that Jesus makes it really easy for me to follow him. I can be, it's, it's effortless for me to be a believer. Well, you know what? I would miss so much. I'd, I'd never be stretched, never be challenged, never have to do the hard work of loving my neighbor as myself. I mean, Jesus would take me to the finish line without even putting me in the race. He'd take me to the mountaintop without any climbing. My life would be easy and soft and comfortable. Jesus wants better. Jesus wants more. Let's say that he wants to put some adventure into my life. He wants to give me the adventure of carrying the cross. Which means that that might involve some wet, nasty things. And I might be late for dinner sometimes. I might have to take some long journeys in bad weather. But, but my life will matter. It'll matter to Jesus, it'll matter to others, it'll matter to, to the creation. Now, of course, Jesus promises us joy. He prayed for his followers that they, would, that they would experience the full measure of joy in their hearts. So life with Jesus, it's not going to be, you know, grim and, and, and cheerless. It, it, it brings the fullness of joy. But... It's a hard-won joy. And it involves bearing the cross for Christ and for others and for the world that His Father created. I, mean, I, can, I can let people suffer over there and be happy here. I can ignore problems over there and be happy over here. But it will be a weak, it will be a shallow happiness I mean, the love Jesus showed, the love he taught, it, it sticks my life to the life of others. And what happens to them sort of happens to me. I mean, that's why Jesus suffered. That's why Jesus went to a cross. And when I follow him, I need to follow that example. Years ago, I was a... Uh, I was a young pastor, a rookie, in uh, southern Ontario. And I was, you know, figuring out how to be a proper minister of the word. And like most of those rookies, we were struggling for help and inspiration wherever we could find it. And in my scrambling around for help and inspiration, I came across a wonderful little book by Reinhold Niebuhr, the American theologian. Now, before he was a theologian, he was a, a pastor, a very young pastor, you know, his early to middle 20s, uh, in a church in Detroit. And he kept a journal during those years. And that journal eventually became the little book, The Leaves from the Notebook of a Tamed Cynic. 
Niebuhr would tell about preaching to people that were two or three times his age. He would talk to them about suffering and about sacrifice and the little voice in him says they know a lot more about that than you do. One Sunday he preached a sermon about the involuntary cross and he read that passage about Simon of Cyrene. Remember Simon? He was forced to carry the cross of Jesus to Golgotha when Jesus just couldn't do it anymore. And then he told his, told his congregation that Someday you may have to carry an involuntary cross. Well, after the service, a, a good woman, uh, more forward than most, she came to him and said, when did you have to carry an involuntary cross? And that kind of caught him off guard. He said, well, um, maybe someday. But now, let me change that sermon title and ask not about an involuntary cross, but of a voluntary cross. What, what, what are the burdens you take on because you believe in Jesus? Because you follow him. Because your heart breaks for the things that break his heart. And because you want to be a light and you want to be his hands and voice in the world. Now we've had 11 days now watching the war in the Ukraine on our television screens and if you are like Ninka and me then you've watched a lot of it maybe that comes from being retired we have time to watch the news a lot and it, it's been awful to see you know these government buildings destroyed apartment buildings wrecked hospitals schools a, a, a nuclear power plant attacked thousands dead and in just 10 days, one and a half million refugees. Now, I know, I know there have been wars just as awful in our times. There have been, you know, world, in other parts of the world, and the wars in Southeast Asia, in, in Vietnam, and a, a genocide in, in Cambodia. Uh, there have been wars in the Mideast, in Iraq, and a vicious civil war in Syria. And there's still more in sub-Saharan Africa. They just happen with barely anybody noticing. Then there are wars that happened in Europe. When what, Yugoslavia came apart. And then, you know, Bosnia and Herzegovina and Kosovo. Wars and people displaced. It's been happening again and again. And all of these were vicious and they produced immense suffering. And yet somehow this one just feels different to me and I think maybe one reason is there's all these smartphones around and everyone with a smartphone is a photographer and everyone can be a reporter and so the news feed is just full of pictures and video clips and stories about what's happening in real time you know back in the day a war would be fought no one would know about it the victors would come home and write the history books and the victims, we might never hear their story at all. But it's not the same anymore. We don't have to wait years and years to know what happened. We can see it now. Now it would be totally cheap and totally unfeeling to say, well the Ukrainians just have to bear their suffering because every house has its own cross. Now let's, let's not do that. 
Instead, it, let's ask ourselves, what, what is the cross that we are prepared to carry for them? How, how can we support them in their darkest days? You know, how, how can we use our time and our talent and our treasure for them? I mean, we're likely to have refugees on our shore before long. Can we open our hands and our hearts and, and offer, well, offer refuge? Can, can we be generous in our support of relief efforts? Can we pray for the end of the hostilities? I mean, there will be ways that we can help that we don't even know about yet. Are we ready to bear the burden to carry the cross? And to follow Jesus is to carry the burden of love. And not just love for our families and our friends, but love for the stranger and for the exile and for the victims of war. Their suffering should give us pain and make us busy for them. Every house has its own cross. So does everyone who follows Jesus. And the cross that you bear will make your life a life that matters. It will make you a person who brings light into the world. Are you carrying that cross? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we follow a Lord who offered himself a sacrifice of love. And then he calls us to take up the cross and follow him. Make us willing, Lord. Make us people willing to take the risk of love and bear the burdens of others. And we pray this in Jesus' name, for his sake. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Willoughby Church Sermon Podcast. The Willoughby Church Podcast Network also has podcasts about discipleship, the Heidelberg Catechism, and even a podcast hosted by some of the youth. You can find out more about the Willoughby Church Podcast Network by going to willoughbychurch.com.